30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome to another episode of the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your host, the Duke of Nerds, the Sweet Tea of the Nerdy South, the Oracle of 30 and Nerdy Podcast, and joined, of course, by the co-host. He's the podfather of 30 and Nerdy. He is the doctor of nerdonomics. He is spreading his nerdlosophy all over the pod waves. The juice is loose, people. He's freshly squeezed. He's the black canary to my back girl. No, Dr. Davis, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? Oh, you know, uh, work, life, podcasting. I understand. I know it well. Yes. And yet here we are. And here we are. Here we are. Um, before we uh, start, though, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I boasted a little bit last week about getting to do the Regal thing, the big commercial. Yes. Uh, well, we also got to take some Regal swag home with us. Yeah. Uh, I did not get to rush to the first things they were handing out to the actors. I barely missed... One of the things they were handing out, which pissed me off, I almost tackled a girl who obviously doesn't understand what she's holding. Uh, she was holding, Regal released these special comics, and it's the first issue of The Long Halloween, but it's been re-illustrated with Matt Reeves' characters. Wow. Yeah. They only had two. Now, you don't know that she didn't know what she it was. She might have known, but I was just like... What do I get? And they gave me like four of these poster things, and I kept one. I gave one to TJ and one to Wes at rehearsal, and I'm giving you one. Oh. It's from the Batman. It's epic. Oh, yeah. It's dark. It's gritty. You can hear the poster. Oh, yeah. It'll go great. If we had one of those podcasts where it was like the... Where like people put <laughs> the sounds like people chewing and stuff. We had like, here's a sound for you. ASMR. Yeah. You hear that? 
That's uh, freshly, freshly printed Batman poster. <laughs> Cardstock. Cardstock number two. <laughs> Michael Scott would be proud of it. Well, thanks, man. This is a pretty nifty galifty here, and it's got the penguin on it, and the Riddler, and Alfred, and Catwoman, and Gordon, and just the the whole, the whole crew, gang. the whole gang's here, y'all. They are. Thanks, man. We'll exactly. find us a good home for this somewhere. Absolutely. So how has your last few days been since we last discussed uh, about the women of the X-Men, which the turned X-Men. out really well? Yeah, that was, was a lot of fun. Not a lot of really strong uh, yes. characters, strong ladies in the X-Men, huh? Yes. So, yeah, uh, pretty good. Things are... Uh, I I don't I can't go into a whole lot of details yet, but I've been scheming and dreaming uh, about things at school with my mm-hmm. program, uh, and I've got some great coworkers who are also similar si- similarly ambitious, and uh, we all want to work together, and we're trying to make fun things happen, mm-hmm. and it's all I can say right now is it's looking good. Good. It's looking good. So. You know, I, I wanted to make an impact at this place and make big things happen and got all these big ambitious goals. And um, here's the first step, baby. Oh, so Step one, that bad boy. Yeah. I'm so a firm believer in step oneing things. Step one, it is the best place to start. It, arguably, the best place to start, step one. Uh, arguably. Best place to start. I know that. In some people's opinion, step like twenty three is the best place to start. Yeah, but I'm just gotta, a firm believer that step one is really underrated. You got to get that talk out of your head because yeah. step one is the way to go. It is. So every time. It is. Every and that's time. where I'm at. Well, I'm excited. Uh, you know, obviously we're not going to talk a lot, a lot about it until more details are. But the little bit we have gotten to talk about it, I'm excited mm-hmm. for you. Um, you know, I said on on one of the last episodes, like I just I love seeing more and more happening with you and your career and the theater world and what you're doing and if if everything that you've talked about is coming to fruition the kids are going to love you even more i mean well, it's just i don't know how possible it is to love mr oh, davis even more come on stop it <laughs> stop it no no yeah i'm all right i guess yeah it's all right he's, he's cool he's pretty cool uh so rehearsals um Last night was our first off book for Act One. Uh, did not go well. Ooh. Um, which, you know, and I don't know how. I, if if someone played a game of taking a shot, every episode I said something about me and and you being part of the theater world. <laughs> I think I say something every. We're part of the theater world. We come from theater. Blah blah blah. Sure. So sure. we've both on the director and the actor side we've all had those off book those first off book moments some people i used to be really good at it i used to be one of the first soft book even before off book day and i'm finding that it's getting harder and i don't know if it's it's not lack of motivation it's not that i love the theater but there's so much more in life going on that I don't have the hours at night to just sit buried in my script like I used to. And just even 
thinking time. Like mm-hmm. you don't have the time to concentrate on it as much because you have to devote that concentration yeah. to other things. Whereas when we were first doing all these crazy yeah. things back in back in the day, we didn't have as much on our plates, so we could devote more time mm-hmm. and energy towards. We had tons of thinking time, play time in the, well, in like, the theater. I can't exactly like the little bit of dead time we have at work or on my lunch break, Brian's been really cool about like if if the shelf is stocked, if there's nobody in the building, if there's absolutely nothing I have for you to do, if you need to jot down some notes for the podcast or highlight part of your script for a show you're in, absolutely. He's been amazing for that. But we're in what we call spring break season where the entire country is alternating spring breaks pretty much from now till middle of May. Yeah. So, last week, pretty much the whole state of Illinois was on spring break, and they all came to Pigeon Forge. Uh, This week is a big Michigan week for spring break, so it's just going to be week after week of spring breakers coming to our area. Party. Yeah, so there's really not been time to highlight, and... The way that I described this script to y'all a few weeks ago was it's it's its own living entity. It's it's an original script, and this is like the final steps of this original script being brought to fruition. So it's changed so much. We've had like multiple iterations of the script, multiple reprints that you've had to go back in. Like, well, that line's not even in the show anymore that you were initially working on three weeks ago. Not even in the show anymore. So I've highlighted like multiple different scripts and spent that time and memorizing and my you saw last semester I was in Sherlock. I played three different characters. Mm-hmm. I played Sherlock, I played a character in a different one, and I played Watson. Mm-hmm. I have more lines in this than those three combined. Nice. And one of them was Sherlock, who did who loved the sound of his own voice. It's just so many lines, and it's such a fight-heavy play, like sword fighting, that that's been the main focus. And it's been a lot of like, you guys are going to, you're going to have a lot less stage time to get off book than you normally do, because it's all going to be focused on sword fighting. So you're actually going to have to do a lot of your memory work away from rehearsal. And I'm like, oh, you mean during life? (laughs) You mean... (laughs) During work, during the time I'm supposed to be sleeping, during all this stuff, like, it's been different. Dare I say more difficult than any show, because, like Sherlock, we were ta- some of us in the cast were talking, we probably had four or five rehearsals with books in our hand running the entire show before off book day. We haven't ran the show once all the way through with scripts in our hands before our off book day. So it's hard. It didn't go as well as previous times. Uh, I felt like, and I wasn't the only one struggling up there. I realized that. But me and the other lead character kind of felt like we're older. We should be setting an example. We've done tons of these. And some of these are like freshmen and sophomore and juniors in college. We should be setting an example and a tone. And we're not doing our part. So we felt really bad. Not to mention that the other lead, my counterpart, is the playwright's wife. So (laughs) she's been like, yeah, uh, I live with the playwright and I don't have it memorized. (laughs) 
So it's been interesting, stressful. Meanwhile, my kids who are doing the murder mystery this spring uh, had their Act One off book day the other day, uh, Friday, mm. and I expected it to be a disaster, and they were right on yeah. the money. As I said, your first off book date's always supposed to be bad. Because that's we're taking the training wheels off. We got to call line, obviously. We get a whole week of calling line before next week where it's, all right, good luck. It's We're going to try to run this as if, you know, because we've got other things to worry about than you calling line mm-hmm. at this point. So we still got like three weeks, three and a half weeks before we open. So I know that everything's going to be fine. But it's just been stressful, very stressful. And on top of that, work and life and podcasting which i feel like we have just released 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 (laughs) this month it's been crazy we've gotten to do so much cool stuff Mm -hmm. we had a really great interview with gary the who worked as a pa on wakanda forever i had a set list of what we're going to do this month but some marvelite complained in an episode so we had to throw in an impromptu ex-woman Episode. Great job, so. whoever that whoever that guy is. Great one, great one. Uh, good on you. <laughs> good call. It went. I heard it went well. Yeah, it did go well. It did. Sounds like a swell guy. He he he's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you think you know people in this town? I'm telling you. Uh, but other than that, man, it's been good. You know, and I'm sure everything's going to be fine. It always works out. We'll make it work. A uh, former director of mine used to say that all the time. He'd just say, we'll make it work. I know who you're referring to, and he <laughs> still says that to this day <laughs> on a daily basis. Even about getting food. We'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Mr. D, what am I supposed to do about this? I don't know. We'll make it work. <laughs> They're dropping a nuke on us. I don't know. Yeah, but what about this? That's okay. We'll make it work. We'll figure it out. Actually, we'll figure it out is what it's really evolved into. <laughs> and we'll figure it out. And then later on, it's like, hey, Mr. D, we still don't know what this is supposed to be. Oh, yeah. We were supposed to figure that out, weren't we? We'll figure it out. <laughs> Mr. D, I lost my finger. Eh, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. Walk it off. Don't worry. We'll finger it out. Ha, <laughs> ha. <laughs> Now's not the time, Mr. Davis. I'm bleeding out, man. <laughs> but it's been it's been interesting been interesting and you're 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 at home alone this week yeah the yeah. ladies are on, becky's on her own spring break yeah so when she you, went with emma to the beach when you don't work in the same school system sometimes yeah. that happens so yes. she's on her break and it's just me yeah. and the dog you and jackie jackie and the cat and well i did see on social media where <laughs> becky facetimed the cat. Yeah, she wasn't interested in speaking to me. She said, where's my cat? That was the first <laughs> where's thing. Where's Belle? Where's the cat? So It's interesting. It's very yeah, interesting. This is the life I live. It was adorable. So a few things I want to talk about in this early segment is, obviously, it's March. Something happened this month that I have to update on almost every episode. Here, your episodic Batman box office update. Na-na-na-na-na. We, in four weeks since it aired, 
And it is now over $600 million worldwide. That's true. 600, uh, 674.5, I believe. And it only took only took $200 million to make. <laughs> so That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, and a lot of that I'm no mathematician or excess anything. money came from a lot of the pushing back. Because when you push back dates, and I'm sure Marvel realized this early in the pandemic, it takes money to, you know, because you had all this marketing set aside, and you actually end up spending more money pushing the dates back. So a lot of that $200 million budget comes from the excess pushback dates throughout the pandemic. Yeah. So imagine if it aired when it was supposed to, what, a year and a half ago? <laughs> um, but, I, I, you know, that's great. It's great that it's doing that. You know, apparently... Spider-Man's still playing in some places. Yes, it is. Because I had a, a kid walk up to me yesterday and said, I saw Spider-Man. I said, oh, yeah, you got the uh, uh, digital home yeah. release or whatever. No, in the theater. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. It's cool. I guess I had to just throw that in there because yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Spider-Man did good, too. You know, <laughs> Spider-Man was still Dude, a thing, shut too. Up. Let me Dude. have this. No, that's great for Batman. <laughs> that's great. It. It uh, d- deserves all of the what's a- accolades, accolades that it has garnered. Yes. So, uh, speaking of that, golf clap. Since we last recorded uh, together, uh, they released the Joker deleted scene. I saw. Now this is Barry Kogan, who most people know as Druig from the Eternals. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of playing both sides, which yeah. is great. Make that money, baby. <laughs> um, I've I've gotten a little bit of feedback from people I know that, and they didn't. Two things that I've heard heard mostly is they didn't want Joker just yet. Number one, because we've gotten so much Joker in the last twelve years, fifteen years. Yeah. So much Joker. Yeah. And is it too much Joker? And I was like, look. I understand that. I'm a Joker fan myself. But I do see your side. I'm excited to see what Barry does with it. And the other thing I've heard is like, I just don't like it. It's just different. It's just, you know, and I'm like, damn you, Heath Ledger. Yeah. <laughs> you He's know, it's ruined, it's all ruined jokers. the role for everyone because he was so great. And Joaquin was great, but, you know... Ledger being so amazing at the role yeah. has ruined it for anyone who touched that role now. Yeah, pretty much. And I hate that for anybody who touches it because I have enjoyed pretty much every iteration except for Suicide Squad's Leto Joker, but I liked his Joker more in Zack Snyder's Justice League. There's a couple of animated versions I don't like. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. And I did see this. Um... Kind of like with the movie, I didn't finish it, the clip going like, I'm blown away, wow. You know, I was like, oh, okay, all right, cool. I prefer Joker who really jokes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's my favorite Joker. Mark with, Hamill. Uh, with the exception of Heath Ledger. Mark um, Hamill, for me, yeah. is Joker. Same, exactly. So, so um... But this is a different tone. This is a different yeah. 
completely different. Uh, so I'm I'm From excited. It, so it seems like they're. It seems to me like Joker was like maybe his first bad guy. Yeah. He's like because he even says like, oh, it's almost our year anniversary. Yeah. First year anniversary's paper. And yeah. this was straight out of Silence of the Lambs. This was like Clarice coming to Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. For help. And. It was great. I enjoyed that aspect. Uh, I did watch a little bit of a Matt Reeves interview, and uh, he felt that this Joker will probably be u- utilized more in the spinoff TV series stuff, the Arkham show that they're going to do. He might not even appear majorly in the movies, which is fine. Give us Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. You know, give us something else on the big screen. Take the focus off of Joker a little bit because... Batman has plenty of other villains, and Joker, you know, just is the yeah. number one. It he seems has like the but best rogues gallery <clears throat> in nerd culture. Yeah, let's play let's around with the play others. Play with some. Let's see Firefly. Let's you know, Mad Hatter especially. I would love to see Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hush. Let's see Hush. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this interview, uh, he said that this Joker was based more on a mixture of the Elephant Man, Hannibal Lecter. And more like Brian Azzarello's Joker, who did a lot of illustration in the modern years in comics. Uh, it's, uh, this one, according to Matt Reeves, suffers from a disease where it's, he can't stop smiling. It's like physically into his yeah. body. as a, He wasn't dropped in a vat of acid, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he basically said, take whatever origin you know of any Joker and don't expect it from this one. This is a totally different take, and he's planning on hopefully using it in these spinoff shows as opposed to the big screen. That's one of the things that I like about the Joker is that he doesn't really have a true origin. That's why one he of, has many versions of one of my favorite uh, stories that they've went in in the comic book world is the Three Jokers. Which you've talked about, and yes. I still haven't read it. It's so good. I've got it on my uh, my list on my Kindle. Because so. the story leading up to those comics, Batman gets to sit in the Mobius chair and ask one question. Who's he says, Joker? who's the Joker? And he's like, there's been three. Yeah. There's no one Joker. And I was, oh, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Um, so I'm excited about it. Um, and I, we can't, you know, Batman aside, we can't help but mention this. Triple H sadly uh, has announced his in-ring retirement the game the king of kings the cerebral assassin has announced his in-ring and we understand yeah he had a pretty massive cardiac episode as they called it a few months back he had like a 90% blockage of that artery uh, the Widowmaker yeah Uh, that's the same thing that happened with Kevin Smith Mm -hmm. and and it's called that for a reason. Yeah. So he's very lucky to still be here. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's a sad thing for us. Triple H has been, I'd say, my number two favorite wrestler of all time. Right behind Sting. Yeah. Um, and one of my, my absolute favorite match that I've seen live in person. Was Sting versus Triple H? Well, no, actually. Uh, that's up there. But Triple H and The Undertaker at WrestleMania 27, we were there together. <laughs> Where we thought Taker died. <laughs> it, that was 
I mean, the emotion, and the way I remember it, it may not have been this way in reality, but the way I remember it is that we were on our feet the majority of the match. Yeah. Because there were so many times where we really thought, wow, the streak is over. Triple H is going to do it. This is it. The drama of that match, man, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, Nothing live for me has topped that. Yeah. So I love Triple H. Sad to see him ride off into the sunset, uh, but... Happy for that all the on his terms. Yeah, and, and and all the great thing he's done it all. I mean, he's accomplished so much in the business, and he's had such a long, luxurious—not luxurious, but uh, uh, oh, lustrious. No. He's a multi-time champion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> lustrious is what I meant, though. Uh, career, it's just one of the best. And two of the biggest factions, DX and the Evolution. Yeah, all Triple H uh, was part of both of them. All his fingerprints in in the early NXT stuff and a lot of the stars that are on top today. He had a hand in it. Yeah. So. It it will be sad to never get to see him in a ring again, but to know that he's alive and breathing and getting a little bit more longevity in his life because he's made this decision makes it even better. Mm -hmm. It, It makes it worth it. Uh, so, I mean, congratulations to Triple H on a great career. It's been great growing up watching the game yeah. do his business in the ring and out of the ring. I mean, he's a great, you know, everybody's got stories, as we've talked about, all the way from the fabulous Moolah to Scott Hall that we've talked about on this podcast. Everyone has had ups and downs in the wrestling career. I'm sure there are people out there who will say he's he's a dick. Yeah. You know, but... <clears throat> He's savvy in the ring. He's a savvy brain when it comes to booking. His success speaks for itself. Exactly. And the length of his career mm-hmm. speaks for itself. Absolutely. And he was one of the greatest. He was. So long live the King of Kings. Man, it's just what a time. Like Scott Hall passing away, Undertaker going in the Hall of Fame. Triple H announcing his retirement. Oh. Our era, man, it's slowly like it's each each time something like that happens, it's slowly a reminder that our era is over. And yet at the same time on on the other channel, Sting's, you know <laughs> Tag teaming Tag teaming Darby Allen. Jumping off stuff, doing Scorpion Death Drops, Chris Jericho oh, yeah. who now looks like a million bucks all of a sudden yeah. on top. What a what a crazy time yeah. we live in! But it's crazy, wow. But Th- these are these are the things that keep us yeah. that that just stick stick us to the wrestling business. Exactly. You know, we, we complain, complain all the time. It is just so. It's not for us anymore, boys. It's not for us. It'll never be the same, and it won't be. Oh, no. But man, you you think about all these things that are going on right now. Yeah. What a what a wild business it is yeah yeah it is an extremely wild business and we're going to be talking more about that in the coming weeks because wrestlemania is right around the corner um we always do it big for wrestlemania uh we got a little little fun fantasy style game that we're going to be we're going to give it a go give it a go go see if it's a if it's a stay for the show uh but I'm excited. I'm booking booking our very own most stupendous yeah. WrestleManias of all time. Yeah. Well, we'll pretty see. much we are. We are. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be cool. Uh, so, 
on to a topic of choice I wanted to discuss because I'm sure no one else is talking about it all over the world right now. The Oscars. And I'm sure everyone's talking about this. Yes, he lives in a trash can. He tells people, <laughs> scram. He's green. <laughs> we're all talking about it. Yeah, we're all talking about it. And everyone's talking about that moment in the Oscars. That moment that was heard around the world. Zack Snyder's Justice League winning the number one cheerworthy moment with the Flash tapping into the Speed Force. Yeah. Congratulations, Zack Snyder. That is awesome. I think Spider-Man was robbed. <laughs> um, and look, 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 look. I know what you're thinking, and I know what regular listeners are thinking, okay? Oh, well, of course, because it's Marvel and it's Spider-Man. Yeah. And granted, the Snyder Cut we did not see in theaters. We saw on HBO Max in yes. the comfort of our own homes. In, in, a, a, in multiple settings. Yes. <laughs> But we were in the theater that night in Chattanooga and we saw Spider-Man. Everyone stood up. And everyone, I mean, I was literally coming, my butt was out of my seat, which I don't know that has ever happened. My watch was harassing me. You need to breathe. You need to breathe. <laughs> really? Come on, man. You really think that, I mean, was it even, was Spider-Man even nominated? I don't know. Well, I'm going. But that's not it. Zack Snyder also won the number one overall fan favorite film with Army of the Dead. Really? Really. Against what else? Uh, I did not list that here, but... I mean, I bro. I just want to say, imagine being... And I'm going to jump on the hashtag Restore the Snyderverse group here for a minute. Imagine being... The WB suit sitting in the audience. When you see that Zack Snyder was given these awesome honors, and you couldn't be a part of that. Just imagine there's actually like shots of some of the WB higher-ups sitting in the audience that you can find online, and, like, it's all over Instagram, uh, just sitting there stone-cold, dead-faced when people are cheering for him, congratulating him. They're showing the flash scene on the big screen, and there's one that it flashed to. He's just stone, just dead stone-faced, just like, kill me. <laughs> And I'm sure they're tired of hearing about it. But I'm just so happy because, as I've said, it's not the Justice League of it as much as I'm a Snyder fan. And this is the guy who gave us Watchmen, people. He made Watchmen work on the big screen. Mm -hmm. So, I love Zack Snyder. And I think he deserves every bit of this honor. Yes. So you have... I, I can't argue that. Yeah. I'm trying to look up the... Other, I, I can't find anything about about so, the other. The other thing I wanted to awards. talk about with the Oscars. Samuel L. Jackson was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Oscar. 
a cultural icon whose dynamic work has resonated across genres and generations and audiences worldwide. That's true. Very true. I don't know any actor quite like Sam Jackson who sees no genre. He's in everything. He can play in any genre from romantic comedies to comic book movies to horror to thriller to sci-fi. He's done Voice acting. Yes, voice acting. Where's my super suit? He has done it all, and it is so deserving. Also, Troy Coetzer, a deaf actor, won the Best Supporting Actor for CODA. Saw. He was also one of the Tuscan Raiders in Mando Season 2. Nice. Good for him. And one that you've actually been pretty high on, Dune, won the most Oscars this year. Cleaned house Mm -hmm. i was just looking at that now i'm still trying to find this best cheer moment or whatever i can't because i want to see the other nominees i know matrix was in there spider-man at number two i think it was matrix four matrix was a travesty i still haven't watched it man just don't bother i've heard it's like a meta thing like it's a game within a movie or it's, he's a game developer and he doesn't know I don't he think is. that I don't even think that they know what it is <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you and I guess we need to talk about the other Oscar moment that happened um the slap the power of will <laughs> uh it's going to go down in history much like the wardrobe malfunction and of the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's going to be one of those major events that will be talked about forever. I have some multiple, multiple uh, standpoints on this. One, uh, Chris Rock. It had to be Chris Rock. Have you went back and watched when, uh, what's his name? from the British office hosted the Oscars. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. You went back and watched some of the stuff he said? Not really, but... He was freaking brutal to yeah. the elite of Hollywood. Yeah. Nobody stopped up on stage and smacked... If anyone deserved to be smacked when making jokes... Yeah, I remember he, he, didn't, of others, he didn't hold back. It was him. I think that there was controversy about it, and... He's obviously not hosting anymore. Yeah. But if anyone deserved to be smacked, it was him. Now, in the other uh, field, Chris Rock's a comedian. And does this set the stage now, what Will did, does this set the stage, no pun intended, for any time a comedian or anybody says something that offends you or... A member of your family that you can just haul off and hit them? Does this set the new precedent that you can just hit someone if they say something that's offensive to you? I mean, if so, then God, I'm going to be smacking a lot of people. Even if it's just something that just pisses me off, I can just smack them? No, I can't. (laughs) If that was Joe Blow... If that was me in the audience, Juice, and Chris Rock made a joke about Maddie, how far do you think I would have gotten on that stage? Yeah. Before I was stopped. Yeah. 
Nobody going to stop. Where was security? Did they not have security? So, look, I I got to be totally honest. I haven't watched it because I haven't cared enough to go back and watch it. I've heard all about it. I've seen the memes. I've <laughs> seen the people talking yeah. about their opinions on Facebook, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I know. I get the gist of it. Okay. Um, but I was under the impression that he Will was, like, coming up to get an award. No. No, 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 no. So what happened was Chris is out there. He's talking. He was the host. Yeah. An employee of the Oscars mm-hmm, this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Made a G.I. Jane joke about, about Jada. Jada. Got that. Yeah. Will. Stood up and stood just up, went up there. Went up there. Smacked the shit out of him. I have seen the gif of it. Walked back and shouted, Keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. Yes, I knew that too. Twice he said that. And Chris was like, It was a G.I. Jane joke. Now, if you don't know, Jada suffers from a disease, an autoimmune disease, where she loses her hair. So she just stays bald. She doesn't have a choice. Yeah. She has to shave her head. And I get that. It's very, very inappropriate to make that joke about someone who has a disease. And in the other field that I stand in, I get married in less than a year. If somebody were, say, making jokes downtown Morristown, and says something offensive, Maddie. You bet your ass I'm smacking the shit out of him. So I'm in multiple fields here. Like, I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, his choice was to get up, walk down that aisle. On national television. On national television in front of millions and millions of people watching and smack the host of the Oscars. Let me give you another situation. Say you are the security guard who's at the edge of the stage. Are you stopping Will Smith? No. No. Why? Because no. it's Will Smith. Uh, okay. So. Welcome Shia, to Earth. If Shia LaBeouf had gotten up and. Ooh. Would they just be like, well, Shia's crazy. Well, stop yeah. Shia. Yeah. Will Smith's been known to be a little crazy. He's emotionally unstable. Not like Shia. They but. both are emotionally unstable. She and he, in multiple interviews, have talked about being swingers. She's mentioned in an interview she's not sexually attracted to her own husband. Yeesh. So, I mean, they're an emotionally unstable couple. And he was laughing at a lot of Chris Rock's jokes. You should go back and watch it. He changes on a dime. It's it's weird, man. I don't know who to be upset with, but Look, it's at its basis, at its base, an employee made a joke. Someone got up and hit that employee. So do you take his Oscar from him? Um, I don't know. But it shouldn't have happened. We'll say that. That's, at it the shouldn't end have of happened. the day, it shouldn't have happened. He's apologized and all that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, this has really sort of tarnished a legacy 
you know, this is like the ugliest moment in the history of, it's a, it's of a, the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, these are the, quote unquote, the elite. To be in Hollywood is, you know, ugh, Hollywood. There's this image of Hollywood. The top echelon of humanity is in Hollywood. And this is how they act on the biggest awards of the year. And I'm a huge fan of Will Smith. Huge fan. I'm a huge fan Back of Will to Smith. to the days of Fresh Prince. Baby. Yes. And I admire him a lot, and I really look up to him. Imagine, like, young African-American men who who look, look up, up to him. him. Like, you know, this man who is so successful, and look at all he's done. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not, a, not, not his finest moment. It He's was, apologized for yes, it. He has. And Chris Rock is not pressing charges. No. I think it's one of those, let's just, you know, it's already going to be talked about forever. Let's yeah. just move on. It's, That's probably going to yeah. be the idea. I don't yeah. think they're going to go back on his award or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to go back on his, they better take, like, Roman Polanski's away from him. Unrelated, but I'm a little shocked that West Side Story didn't really get anything. Well, the Did best it? actress was uh from West Side Story. She won. Oh, did she? Oh, uh best supporting actress. Best supporting actress. Uh, yes. uh, uh Ariana DeBose. Yes. Yes. I did find the uh fan favorite nominees. Who were they? Fifth place, Tick Tick Boom. Oh. Fourth place, Spider-Man No Way Home. Hmm. Fourth place. Well, that I have to disagree with that one. Fourth place, third place, Minamata, Minamata. Don't even know what that is. Hmm. Second place, Cinderella. The newest one with, uh, uh, what's her name? No, I don't know. What's who? Uh, Camila Cabello. Is that her? Oh, name? I see. And then Amazon original, an Amazon Prime movie beats Spider Man. And then Army of the Dead. Mm. Look, Army of the Dead was great. I really enjoyed it. But first, compared to Spider-Man being fourth? I, uh, Are these people on drugs? I don't know, man. I just think that, you know, aside from the Zack Snyder of it all, which I'm excited about, it's just another one of those things where, man, where comic book movies aren't going to get a lot of Oscar attention. They're just not. Unless you're going to make a, you know, like Black Panther got some Oscars. Okay. Uh, finalists for Oscars cheer moment. The cheermeister. But the thing is, these are not all from this past year. No. No. Okay. So, I, I guess... I th think these are just fan voted cheer moments of the last... Whatever. All right. So fifth place, Neo's bullet dodging backbend, the original one in the 1999 Matrix. I approve. Yes. Fourth place, Effie White singing, "And I Am Telling You" from Dreamgirls, 2006. Third place, Avengers Assemble to fight Thanos in Endgame, 2019. Nice. Yes. Second place, three Spider-Man team up, Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. First was, place, The Flash that? enters the Speed Force in Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's pretty cool, man. 
Because at the end of the day, those are fan cheer moments. Okay. Not We're fans. Not a bunch of suits saying, well, we think these are the Oscars. We're fans. You agree with that? Yes. With the Speed Force? You think that the Flash entering the Speed Force is a bigger cheer moment than the three Spider-Men team up? For me personally? Yes. Even for you personally? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh. I mean, it was amazing. Seeing the three Spider-Men team up. But I don't know. Maybe it's also got a lot to do with that. Zack Snyder's Justice League finally being realized. Finally getting to see it. Seeing it what it should have been. Maybe that had a lot to do with it. All right. I mean, you are talking to the DC guy. <laughs> I, I know, but I, I just thought we were, you know, speaking in, uh, you know, based in reality is all. <laughs> My mistake. I'm sorry. Please, let's move on. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, I'll tell you who... Who also deserves an Oscar. Who's that? Our amazing sponsors at Manscaped. Oh, yeah. Yes, they deserve Oscars. Maybe even three or four. Three or four. Um, because at Manscaped, who shows support for 30 and 30 Podcast, brought to you by Manscaped, the leader in those amazing tools for your family jewels. Manscaped uh, is just amazing. I can't talk enough about it. Uh, they were very kind to sponsor this podcast and send us their new Performance Package 4.0, which has been amazing. Um, I, I, you know, we joke about the boxers being comfortable, but in a, in a, a, in a world where it's so easy to go get cheap, terrible boxers at Walmart, yeah. a good pair of boxers is worth talking about. Yeah. It is, yeah. uh, especially in a fast-paced world that we live in yeah. now. Uh, you know, you're a father, you're a husband, you're a teacher, you're a podcast host, you're going, 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 and you don't need your boxers to rip easily. No. These don't. No, they don't, and they aren't too tight. They're not too snug, you know. They're just right, nice and comfortable. Yes. Uh, and they, it's like you almost forget that they're there, but in the best way. Yes, quite like the third bed and Goldilocks and the Three Bears. They're just right. You took the words right out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. Also, the cool thing about this Performance Package 4.0 is it's water resistant. You could get it all done in the shower. Mm -hmm. Save some time. If the lights are out and you want to quietly get it done and not turn the lights on and work, wake anyone up, there's a light. You're all set. It's light. Ready to go. light to guide you like Green Lantern's ring. It's it's fantastic. It's great. But don't take our word for it. You can try it out. So if you go to manscaped.com, enter the promo code 30ANP. That's 30ANP. You're going to get 20% off and free shipping worldwide. The free shipping worldwide is already worth its weight in gold. Because oh, yeah. shipping these There days, is nothing that I hate more ooh. than paying for shipping and paying to park, let me tell you that. <laughs> and Manscaped, they got you covered. They do. They got you covered. 
So join us along with the 4 million other men across the globe, 4 million times 2. That's that's like 8 million nerdsticles wow. being taken care of by Manscaped. Yeah. Go to manscaped.com. See for yourself. Use the promo code 30ANP. That's 30ANP. Get 20% off and free shipping. You won't regret it. You won't. Thank you very much, Manscaped. So, for your nerd vocabulary word, nerda ferda. <laughs> nerda, N E R D A, ferda, F E R D A. Nerda ferda. And this is the time where you and your bros just calm down, cancel out all the noise of the outside world. Oh, wow. You chill out. Yeah. You get some cherry Coke, zeros, because we're on a diet. Right. You get some wings, cauliflower, because we're on a diet. <laughs> and you just nerd out. Maybe you're playing video games. Maybe you're watching the MCU. Maybe you're watching something like Titans on HBO Max. Which I finally finished. Oh, good. I didn't. It was, it's, it's good. It's good. Uh, nerda Ferda. Nerda Ferda. Everyone needs some Nerda Ferda. In now and then. We yes. all need it. One would say that Nerda Ferda is the podcast for us every week. Time I, to just I, chill out, talk nerd culture, and silence the voices from the outside. Why, yes. I concur. Well, I concur. Alas. Indubitably. <laughs> so we are going to step away and take a quick break, a little intermission. And when we get back, we're going to be talking about the birds of prey. Not just the birds of prey or the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, but the actual group, Birds of Prey. When 30 and 30 Podcast returns. <laughs> Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award-winning silky smooth salted caramel whiskey to our King Snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka, and even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small town vibe, our family and friend owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the volunteer state with our fun, courteous, and smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind the scenes features new deals, and our always fan-favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass, and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. Join our friends at Encore this spring for Ken Ludwig's hilarious farce, Moon Over Buffalo. 
With a plethora of pratfalls, slamming doors aplenty, and backstage shenanigans, King Ludwig's Moon Over Buffalo is a fast-paced, hilarious screwball comedy in the old tradition, a throwback farce, a valentine to the stage, and the larger-than-life personalities that inhabit the world of the theater. This production runs May 27th through June the 4th at Encore's new home at Oak Tree Plaza, 1570 Buffalo Trail in Morristown, Tennessee. For tickets to this show or season tickets for the entire year, go to etcplays.org or call 423-813-8331. Encore Theatrical Company believes in the power of the arts, and if you come check out what Encore has to offer, we're certain you will too. Because it's not just theater, it's Encore. Hi, I'm Cody. And I'm Christian. And we're Nerds with Friends. Not just two nerds who have some friends. No, we're your hosts for the podcast, Nerds with Friends. We cover any topic that people can nerd out over, from TV, movies, and comics, to conventions, tabletop RPGs, and much more. Nerds with Friends comes out every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And of course, on our website, nerdswithfriendspodcast.com. Join us every week as we confess our nerdy confessions and talk about the latest in nerdy news. And remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you for listening. Now back to the show. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes. We are discussing the Birds of Prey. It is our last episode of March, International Women's Month. We are celebrating. We've talked about many amazing women in the nerd culture world. We, we really celebrated big time this year. We did. We did. Was it last year or the year? Was it season two we did March Nerdness? The bracket. Uh, yes, that yeah. was season two. The bracket was fun. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. A lot of work. This is a little easier. Well, we should revisit that next year. We will. We definitely will. In some form or fashion. So we are talking about the team, Birds of Prey. Obviously, there has been a movie as of late in the last couple of years about Harley Quinn and her Birds of Prey. But it originated in the comic book world. And we're going to discuss a little bit about especially the core team of the Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey is a superhero team featured in several American comic book series, miniseries, and special editions published by DC Comics since the year of our Lord, 1996. (laughs) The book's premise originated as a partnership between Black Canary and Barbara Gordon, who had adopted the code name Oracle at the time, but has expanded to include additional superheroines. The team name Birds of Prey was attributed to DC assistant editor Frank Pittatrees in the text page of the first issue. The group is initially based in Gotham City and later operates in Metropolis and then relocates once more to Platinum Flats, California, a new locale introduced in Birds of Prey in 2008. Now, uh, this team up, this series, was created by Jordan B. Gorfinkel, and they first appeared in Showcase, uh, Showcase 96, number 3, in March 1996. And there's been, at this point, three volumes of the main Birds of Prey mm-hmm. series, and then there was like a team-up series with mm-hmm. uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. And so volume one ran from January 99 to April 2009. That was 127 issues. We had volume two, July 2010 through August 2011, with just 15 issues. Uh, volume three, September 2011 through October 2014, 34 issues. And then, most recently, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, July 2016 through May 2018. 
and that's 22 issues and a rebirth one shot. So there's tons of Birds of Prey content mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Get your fill of it. There's way more Birds of Prey content than there ever was Gotham City Sirens. Absolutely. Um, and I, if I've read any Birds of Prey stuff, I don't remember it. I have. Last year, Madison's great uncle passed away, and he was one of us. A collector. I remember this. And he... Uh, she, her grandfather said right. that, uh, I think Tyler needs to have all these comics. And she brought like this massive stack of comic books that was at her great uncle's house. There's some birds of prey in it. There's a lot of Batgirl and stuff like that. So thanks to that, I have, uh, been able to look at some of the birds of prey issues. Um, yeah. we'll talk about some of the other roster in a little bit, but one of the birds of prey issues that was in it, uh, had a lot of vixen. In, in that team. A lot of Vixen. Um, and Vixen, as you know, if you don't know, uh, she is a member of the Justice League, and she is able to, uh, through the spirit of animals, she has, like, the speed of a cheetah and stuff like that, and uh, has been in a relationship off and on with Jon Stewart's Green Lantern from time to time uh, when he's not dating Hot Girl. <laughs> but it's really cool. Uh, Vixen got her own animated series back during the early days of the Arrowverse, where actually Grant Gustin and Stephen Amell crossed over onto and voiced their own characters. It was really cool. Oh, yeah, I kind of remember this being a thing. Yeah, and Vixen has also been seen in the live-action CW show Legends of Tomorrow, which I don't watch too much of. Oh, my goodness, and there's already like seven seasons of that show. Yeah, it's just not the And best. I couldn't get past episode two. It's not the best. Out of the CW-verse. So my first introduction to anything Birds of Prey was the old uh, WB show. Mm-hmm. The one season, one very short-lived season, 13 episodes, Yes, Birds of Prey. And, you know, I d- didn't really know what it was, but I remember sort of through the commercials and the previews for it and, and everything understanding oh this is related to batman and seeing the thing with joker and batgirl and i was like oh yeah okay yeah and then it just sort of disappeared you know there was one season and i remember it uh well because huntress was actually the main character yeah uh and she made an appearance a few years ago on their crisis on infinite earths that huntress made a quick little appearance yeah. On her from her Earth that was being destroyed by the Red Wave. Um, it was you know it was one of those first takes at a live action Gotham world, live action DC world. Uh, it did not work well uh, because I think there was no Batman. Yeah. And when you're talking Gotham, most of the mainstream need Batman. And sadly, that's why I think a lot of things without Batman have not lasted. Because if you're in Gotham, people think Batman. Sort of like Venom movies without Spider-Man. Yeah, a lot like that. You know, it just if you love it, I'm happy for you, yeah. and I'm glad. But for me, that's missing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Their roster has included the likes of Batgirl, also known as Oracle, which she does take on the Oracle uh, moniker after she is paralyzed by Joker. Right. Uh, Because she is very tech-savvy. 
Black Canary, The Huntress, Lady Blackhawk, Batwoman, Hot Girl, Catwoman, Ivy, Power Girl, Vixen, Harley Quinn, and so many more. Fearsome fighting females who, ooh, what alliteration, who, who combat the carry-on infesting their city. A femme force to be reckoned with. The Birds of Prey is traditionally an all-woman group of vigilante operatives who have gone on covert missions across the globe. Originally, as he said, the partnership between Black Canary and Oracle, the team's roster has grown over the years to include friends and frenemies. Yeah, we were kind of looking at that earlier. They've teamed up with Nightwing before mm-hmm. and a few other guys. And Hawk and Dove have been sort of yes added as members of the ask, team. I do ask that. How, how have you felt? You have watched Titans, even though you haven't finished. I didn't finish season, season three, but yeah. How do you feel about Hawk and Dove? I liked him okay. You liked him? Yeah. Yeah. I like her I mean, I guess, Dove like, and, spoilers. Yes, if you haven't watched Titans... We're about to spoil something. Uh, Hawk, I, Hawk is no he more. He blew up. Yeah. yeah. Jason Todd blew him up. Didn't say that coming. Right. Um, you get another glimpse of him. Okay. Uh, if you need to finish it, it's, I'd, it's good. I, I would like to, yeah. It's good. And the Red Hood stuff is great. Um, Rid, uh, Scarecrow's cool. He never gets in the mask again. Like I, I will spoil that for you. He doesn't okay. put the mask on. But his this iteration is cool. It's it's interesting to see him come into his own without the scarecrow that we know. I think you'll like him. He's very well spoken. Mm-hmm. Very. Uh, I think I've been introduced to him already at yeah. the point that I'm at. He's I'm like st- uh, you've probably seen him like smoking pot in the prison cell. Yeah, that helping was out the GCPD. Yeah, <laughs> you'll like him. Yeah. Uh, very very articulate. Very literate. Very well read. Because uh, at the end of the day, what I think we forget about is he is Doctor Crane. Crane. He's not some idiot who who uses. And fear. we ain't talking Fraser Crane. No, no, we're not. The trio of Black Canary, Oracle, and Huntress made up the backbone of the group, operating out of Gotham's Clock Tower. Which, if you play Arkham Knight, you do a lot at the Gotham Clock yep. Tower, where Oracle is stationed. Yep. I'm, and this is a maximum security facility with a state-of-the-art, high-tech computer system known as the Oracle Mainframe. The hero's combined re- resume of mental and physical skills reads like a Swiss Army knife on steroids. <laughs> Though the Birds of Prey have had their differences and trust issues from time to time, whenever they bond together, they play a sweet symphony of justice. Despite the title of the series being Birds of Prey, the phrase was not mentioned in the book until issue 86, when one of the group's members, Zenda Blake, a.k.a. Lady Blackhawk, suggests that it might be a fitting name for the team. But other characters get sidetracked and do not respond to her suggestion. Oracle, the team's leader, refers to the group by that name in a conversation with the new Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes, who we're about to see. In a live-action movie. 
Isn't the kid from Cobra Kai going to play him? Yes. That's going to be perfect. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, hey, guys, maybe this should be our team name. Ah, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Nobody talks about it. And then later it's like, yeah, we're the Birds of Prey. <laughs> guys, that was the name I came <laughs> I up with. literally Hello? said that last week. Like it was a Tuesday. I Everybody remember. just sh- just rolled their eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lady Blackhawk, she's just talking crazy again. And but now the, here we are, the Birds of Prey. Barbara wants to call us Oh, that. gee. Let's let the paraplegic. What 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 this. name did you come up with, bad girl? <laughs> uh, so the core of the team is made up of Oracle and Black Canary, with other heroines forming a rotating roster sometimes for extended periods, sometimes for merely one adventure. After Black Canary's departure, Huntress remained as the staple member and field leader alongside new core members. Following the events of Flashpoint in 2011, and the company-wide relaunch as part of the New 52, Oracle recovers her mobility and reclaims her former Batgirl identity, taking a brief hiatus from the team in the process. Despite the previously all-female central roster, male allies such as Nightwing, Wildcat, Savant, and Creote frequently assist missions. In addition, as Juice mentioned, Hawk and Dove briefly join the team, making Hawk its first male member. Yeah, they they never specified that the birds of prey had to all be females. That's true. Why couldn't Nightwing be a part of the birds of prey? What is a Nightwing? What bird? When you hear Nightwing, what bird do you picture? Robin, because that's Robin. Well, I know, but he changes to Nightwing, and there's a second Robin. I feel like Nightwing is a falcon. Yeah, I think so. It I think feels so. Feels like a falcon, which is a bird. It is. So, but why do they not Nightwing allow him in the club? Also, after becoming Nightwing, has this chip on his shoulder for the longest time about being part of a team. Mm-hmm. This he is wants true. to do his own thing. It's all Haven. angsty. Yeah, all angsty. I have enjoyed the hints. I don't know if you watch Young Justice. I know I've talked about it a lot. <laughs> no, I don't watch it. I love it. They're in the middle of season four, and they're doing it episodically. Which is cool, and it's great, and it's like it used to be, but it's not like... They're only in season four? Yeah. Well, they took a long hiatus. They did two seasons, and then it was gone for a while. Well, that's not too unreasonable for me to catch up on. No, especially since, I mean, the first three seasons are massively short, and like all on HBO Max. Hey. Yeah, it's great stuff, too. Okay. Kyrie Payton, who is Ezekiel, King Ezekiel, voiced Aqualad. He's fantastic. Yeah, normally he's Cyborg. Yes, normally he is. It's really cool. Nolan North, who we all know as the voice to to Mr. Drake in the Vigi games, Uncharted. And a million other things. And a million other things. He's Desmond, too, in Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. He voices Superman and Superboy, but does it so differently. Because Superboy, at the end of the day, is a clone of Superman. But it's a little more angry, a little more angsty, a little younger. It's really cool. 85 episodes of Young Justice as of right now. And they're short, dude. You'll be the fine. list is so long, my friend. It's so long. The list of Jusico. <laughs> you know what happens when you're a great show and I haven't seen you? Do you know what happens? You, <laughs> you just, just made, made the list. list. So the Birds of Prey. We got a, a somewhat of a live action rendition of Birds of Prey and I say somewhat but it literally was called Birds of Prey. Right. Uh but it was more Harley Quinn based. 
Yeah. Which is is a rarity. She has teamed with them in comics occasionally, but not to the point where when you think Birds of Prey, you think Harley Quinn. Served as a nice, like, girl power movie. Yes. And adding Harley Quinn to it gives you that star power. Yes. Uh, I did love their Dinah Drake, their Laurel, their Dinah Laurel Drake. Uh, uh, she was a great Black Canary. Mm-hmm. I loved uh, Hunter Sennett, of course. We love her because that's none other than Ramona Flowers. Right. So we got to love her. It was a good movie. It's one of the few times we mention when we say, like, we left a DC movie going, I'm pleasantly happy with that. Yeah. It was one of them. Yeah. It was we, the last movie we saw pre-pandemic in the theaters. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah, we, we had no it. issues. Like you said, like, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ooh, good. Such a good idea. Um, Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn, good. Uh, Ewan McGregor, great. As I want my one negative takeaway. Would have been that they killed Black Mask. I was like, you just killed him? You didn't want to keep him around, maybe? Or yeah. For future use? But in a world like that, anything is possible. That's true. You know, he could be... No, no he did get blown to smithereens back Well, then. but we could get him from another dimension. That's true. We could get time adjustment stuff. Anything could happen. Yes. But realistically, are they really going to ever need him again? Eh, who knows. And we actually got a little rendition of the character known as Orphan, which is typically a part of the Bat family. She runs or she used to be a League of Shadows member. Yeah. Is uh, this Cassandra the one uh, Zaz killed her family yeah, and Zaz yeah. killed her family. Which was cool. It was cool to see the name Orphan, that kind of storyline given to it cuz it's not a character you hear about a lot. Now if you watch Young Justice, about season three, I think Orphan shows up. But it, that was cool. And like I said, I mean, the action sequences in the movie were amazing. That sprinkler fight when she's saving Orphan with the bat fighting off the cops where she's non-lethally taking people out. Yeah. It's so cool. The visuals were beautiful. The comedic stuff, like Harley and the egg sandwich mm-hmm. and her sitting on the couch morning you know her relationship with joker yeah. and get going through the breakup stuff and getting the hyenas yes and all the references like bruce wayne he's hot yeah i love those i have read up that possibly Margot is in talks with a birds of prey to the gotham city sirens mm. so it we would get be, a poison ivy yes exactly Yee. and I gotta tell you, I follow Isla Fisher on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to buy in a little more. Oh, she'd be excellent. She would be a great. I don't know Ivy. how old she is. Well, in real, I mean, and look, look, she, she's aged like wine. She's 46. She looks great. Like she looks great. But I'm always in the mindset of like. Young when we're introducing a character, yeah, we, we want him to be around for the long haul. Yeah. Do we maybe want to go on the younger late twenties, maybe? And granted, look, she was my. I think she was she one was. my pick, right? I said she this was. is yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know a lot of the uh, the nerdiverse online and like Reddit and all that. 
they would they would love Emma Stone. But like I said in that episode of Gotham City Sirens, no, I'm. I don't think so. I'm. I'm. She's great as Gwen Stacy. She's great as Cruella. Um, I want to see someone else tackle a nerd culture role. I think it's it's time for a new face. Yeah, I and I love Emma Stone too. Yeah. She's one of my favorites. Yeah, she's uh, great. But I don't, I don't think that I would like her as Poison Ivy. No. Not really. But you know they don't have to be red, a redhead, a redheaded person. They don't naturally have to be a redhead. You could make so. somebody a redhead easily. I mean, heck, you can make Dakota Fanning a redhead, or her sister Elle Fanning a redhead, or. Um, this is a crazy off-the-wall pick, especially coming from me because I talk so often about how much I detest this person. Oh, my. Look, honestly, I don't know what her acting chops are. Except from uh, the Lorax. But what about Taylor Swift as a Poison Ivy? Okay. She pulls off the sultry okay. sort of... Don't, don't you think? I don't hate it. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. And I'm, look, I'm not a fan of her in the least bit. Heard. I detest her music. <laughs> Personally, I'm indifferent to her. I don't, whatever. Yeah. But I could see that. Yeah. It also put butts in seats. It would put the butts in the seats. And at the end of the day, that's what you want. So I don't know. I would love to see a true live action Birds of Prey with like, the core group. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see an Oracle or a Batgirl before she's paralyzed. I would love to see Black Canary from Harley's because she's fantastic. I mean, it, I I love that they didn't go with the traditional blonde-haired white girl that a lot of comic book, you know, lore pushes. Um, I love that they went in a different direction. I would love to see her Black Canary come into a world of that Huntress, also from Ramona Flowers, a Batgirl slash Oracle, and maybe even get some of the other teams like Lady Blackhawk, a Vixen, and see like a true Birds of Prey story mm-hmm. from the core group. I would love to see that in the live action world. I think it's a show. Oh yeah, like on HBO I mean, Max. I know they've clearly they've tried the whole show thing yeah, but before, like but I said, now it's. Things are different. Things are different now. It could be done a lot better now. It could absolutely be done, and you could cast it well, and look, give it 10, 12 episodes in a season, put it on HBO Max, and boom, you're off to the races. We've mentioned a lot the Arkham games that we love so much. Yes. In Arkham Knight, mm-hmm. um, Oracle. Yes. Ashley Green is the actress who does the voice, and Ashley Green was in the Twilight movies. She was my favorite. She's uh, uh, Alice. Yes. She's the one. I guess she could like see the visions or whatever. She's she was my favorite, but not my favorite Cullen. My favorite Cullen was Jasper, the wide-eyed, uh-huh. the one who's always hungry. Uh, but I loved Alice too. Not a huge fan of that universe. I can't say that I'm a massive Twihard, but. I did love Ashley Green. But what about her as a live-action Oracle? She'd be great. She's got the voice. Mm-hmm. I love it. Works for me. It does. 
And you actually see in Arkham Knight, like in the middle of downtown Gotham, there's like a Birds of Prey casino or something like that. It's one of the things that you have to snap, and it's one of Riddler's... Oh, yeah. You know, you have to snap in the middle of, like, oh, this is out of view or whatever. Those things. The subject obscured. Yes, those annoying freaking things. Uh, It's one of those... I love those little things. I like those a lot better than the collecting the 350 stupid freaking trophies all over the damn map. Ah, oh, come on. A hundred, I can understand. Okay, because then I'm in the mindset of like, oh, I got to find the Gene Joes and Banjo Kazooie. But man, like 300 or so of those stupid trophies. Ugh. <laughs> he that. Once the games you... alone might be why I don't give Riddler the time of day whenever you're like, but the Riddler's Once great. you catch all the green guys with the clues and all the riddles are revealed <laughs> on the map, it's easy. Yeah. And then it's worth it. Yeah, sure. So worth it. I mean, I'm slowly working through it because I want to get that 140% Yeah game achievement it's pretty cool ending technically when you go back and play it on like the plus mode it goes to like 240 percent i think that's insane yeah like what else can you do i don't know we'll have to fire mine up and look at it and see but i've got mine maxed out because you know this last playthrough i didn't i still haven't gotten to the black fire stuff yet is that like Reverend Blackfire? Yeah, he's it's only one mission. It's only one mission. He's out there he's, by that statue. Yeah, he's abducting cops or something. Something like that. He's got this electrified cage. Yeah. That's a one mission thing. Yeah, that's one of the the rogues gallery that they could do some dark stuff with. Yeah. He's more of a show villain, though. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You could do some scary stuff with Blackfire. Yeah. Because kind of like... Uh, what are those scary games that I love to play? Outlast. Outlast. Outlast 2 was extremely scary because it was like this backwoods, dark, southern family that was like all Texas Chainsaw-y slash the, the bad guy in Uncharted, what, 5 or 6 or whatever. There's much, only 4 Uncharted. whatever. So. Which one was it where he's like he was like Southern and it was like the family? I can't remember. Whatever. One of those Uncharted's. I haven't played any of those. Oh, they're great. That's what I hear. You seen the movie? No. No, of course not. Interesting. I don't think it blew up at the box office like they thought it was going to. No. They were relying on that Tom Tom Holland Holland. post-Spider-Man star power, but it didn't work out. Not a big enough franchise. And video game movies just hardly ever work out. So, what is it about video game movies? Is this an episode? Like, could we do an episode down the line? What is it about video game movies? I think so. Alright, then we'll do that. That's on the list. Down the line. We'll add it to the list. Thank you, Birds of Prey, for somehow (laughs) getting us to this new topic. Absolutely. That we're going to discuss down the line. So yeah, Birds of Prey. Um... I love it. I loved what issues I've read of it. I would love to collect them all, but money and time and finding them all. And you know how I am not a collector like you all. 
Well, I have the solution for you, my friend. Comixology. Comixology, you say? Yes, and they are not a sponsor. We're just... <laughs> uh, but for real, Comixology is what I use. It's like a 6 $7 a month uh, subscription. It's through Amazon. Oh. Uh, but so, like, if I'm a Prime member, do I get a discount? <laughs> I'm really... I think I have to pay for mine separate. But I'm not a Prime member anymore. I canceled my Prime. Wow. But I've still got it. I don't know if it comes with it or not. But basically, just about anything you can think of is on there. And some stuff, if you have the Comixology Unlimited yeah. membership or whatever, you can read it for free for as long as you want. Download it straight to your device. I use my iPad. So Star Wars. Oh, wow. Really? Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, everything. Image. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. Family and entertainment. Stuff. And then other stuff that's not like read for free, you can buy. And it's pretty, I mean, it's decent. It's reasonably priced. Well, that's priced. you need to be finding the Valiant Entertainment stuff. The Shadow Man and stuff like that that they send us previews mm -hmm. of stuff that I've talked about. Or you could just bring me those previews. I could. Just forward them to you. Yeah. I could. That's true. <laughs> um but yeah, man, I, I love the Birds of Prey. I hope that we get more from them in the future in the live-action world, whether it be on TV or movies. Uh, not to knock the Margot Robbie Birds of Prey that we obviously enjoyed, but I want to see the core group mm. in a live-action world. Um, I think I just want to see a good quality Oracle slash Batgirl, which we're supposed to be getting a, a great Batgirl. Keaton's in it. Uh, so is J.K. Simmons, Commissioner Gordon. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm looking forward to that. Maybe yeah. that'll pave the way. I hope so. I hope so. But this has been fun. Yeah. Short, little, nice, fun finish to the month of March. Nice and concise. Yes. I know you like concise. Oh, always. So our next episode is not going to be your regular scheduled program. It's going to be a special uh, well, everything we do is yes. special, Tyler. That's true. Good point. Thank you for reminding me. Um, so me. on April Fool's Day, and this is not a fool, this is not a joke, a jest, we are going to be releasing a special all about the killing joke. Going to be kicking off the month of April, celebrating a game-changing graphic novel yeah uh without the killing joke we wouldn't have the tim burton 1989 batman guys very true it's i mean this is fact so go uh if you can comiXology local bookstore whatever look for it read Absolutely. it and then also there's there's a movie version hbo max uh, i would recommend doing that second i would read the book first Read the book first because, as most times in life, the book is always much better. And, you know, we have, we have opinions about the movie that we'll talk about next week. Yes, absolutely. And we will talk about that at our, our April Fool's special. So, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to this month of March, celebrating the amazing women of the nerd culture. Um, and we can't wait to talk about Killing Joke. Thank you to our amazing sponsors. Uh, Manscaped and all the other ones that you have heard about throughout this episode and thank you for all the support not just from you the listener but the amazing other podcasts that 
sh- that play our commercial in their podcast or talk about us or listen to us or share our stuff on social media. We're part of amazing social media outreach groups like the Apocalypse and the Innered Circle and all that fun stuff. You all are amazing. Uh, thank you for the constant support. Um, and a, a huge, huge, huge thank you to all the people that make this possible by not just listening but our Patreon supporters. Um, y'all are amazing. Thank you very much. And I can't wait to talk about the killing joke with you, Juice. Because yeah. I've reread it not too long ago. And I also will probably talk a little bit about, I think it was last birthday's gift you got me. It was a whole special novel about just the Joker. Um, I'm going to read a little bit of it, too. And uh can't wait to watch the movie again. I mean, yeah. you know, I can, but at the same time. I I just uh, went I went down that road yesterday. Did you? And was reminded. Yeah. We uh, saw it in theaters. We did. We did. Yeah. We had thoughts that night, too. We sh- we surely did. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be fun times. And then after that, moving on to Russell, WrestleMania. And then after that, who knows? We might even finally get to do that Nerd Tunes episode oh, we're man. talking about. <laughs> the thing I've been waiting for. Yes. Uh, so, take care of yourselves, nerds. Take care of each other. Be kind to one another. And, as always, cheers to you.